Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburrow and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. Today we begin a series about biblical justice. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. You've got Richard and Molly with you today. Hello, the it's been a while. The combo. Yeah. yeah. And we are starting a series. So the next few podcasts are going to be about biblical justice. Obviously, been a hot topic for a long time now. And uh, just watching people, I mean, the classic case, right, is social media, Molly. Mm-hmm. Like... I almost dare not look at Facebook sometimes now for yeah. seeing not just like it's not just I see people saying things where I'm like, oh, that's a dumb thing because that response is like actually part of the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's just the sort of everyone claiming like we should go this way. This is right. This politician saying this is right. Like this governor, mm-hmm. this mandate, this, you know, just mm-hmm. so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And claiming like it's fair, it's true, it's right, but especially for Christians, like that's what the Bible, like that's what Jesus would do. And it just seems like, like either everyone's following a different Jesus, or we need to have a conversation about like actually what's the biblical lens to then stand a good chance of judging rightly, like how biblical Mm. is or is not. Yeah. you know a certain thing yeah absolutely. so we want to equip you guys for that yeah it's i think this season has definitely exposed if it hasn't already been exposed a lack of biblical literacy in the american church and there's nothing that's not to say that we should be shamed for that i think it just does expose a um reality where maybe our le- we've allowed our leaders to kind of hold us up biblically rather mm-hmm. than search the bible for ourselves and they've told us what to think rather than how to think and that has led to people boldly proclaiming a different way of jesus when it comes to justice and righteousness and all of this kind of stuff and it's doubly heartbreaking because it seems like there's been a lot of division within churches and within christians but then to the outside world looking in we clearly don't have our stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so there. And that, and that having our stuff together is not just having a singular voice, right? And agreeing with right. each other, right? It's like, because actually, I think it's actually hard to find an example of something and be like, that is biblical justice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Especially as we look out into our city or out into the world. Right, right. I, I would say all of them actually. There's probably something to affirm as like, oh, that reflects the Bible. But it misses this other part of the Bible. Right. So mm-hmm. none of, and, and that's the thing about the world is like we're image bearers. So human culture is like humans trying to bear image in the world. Mm-hmm. But as broken image bearers, it's not like, it's not like the world is the anti-image. Mm-hmm. It's the broken image. Yeah. So there's always yeah. like something to affirm yeah. and something to say, hmm, that bit's like cracked and flawed and mm-hmm. missing a few bits. Yeah. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about a few aspects of biblical justice and then next couple of weeks, do some more and then we'll finish. It will be like grand finale. We'll kind of like re hopefully we'll like have all those things in our back pocket as like the filter. And then we'll just talk about some things 
going mm. on in the world mm. to sort of think through like yeah what does it look like to process a judgment out yeah and so yeah. today today we're going to talk about community and responsibility and what our aim is so like I think we've even done like a few podcasts just on the topic of community in the past, but particularly community and justice. But these are massive topics, Mm -hmm. massive, massive questions. Um, And so our job is to kind of at least put a stake in the ground, like loads more to learn, loads more to think about. And we'll um, we'll get some uh, like resources, like if you're like, oh, I want to learn more, maybe some other podcasts, Mm -hmm. Bible project videos, books to read, things like that. We'll put some things in the notes. Um, but at least like we would love for you listening to feel like you go away from this podcast and the next ones being like, okay, if someone says, is that just, I've got like a reflex in me of like, okay, run it through. Right. Like a grid, like a little grid. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about community. Okay. Um, so community and, uh, and justice. So I would say in the West, but probably even more so in America, mm-hmm. um, or particularly in America, um, we have a very strong sense of individual justice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if we think, was that right and wrong? Does that person um, incur like praise or blame? Um, is that you know was that fair mm-hmm. like we're our grid for that is going to be like well tell me about the individual's heart attitudes actions intentions mm-hmm. like it's all going to be around the individual, around the individual. Mm-hmm. like they're they're a little microcosm of a world and then we're going to judge justice just in that outline yeah right in a small then that small zone yeah because if you think about it Oftentimes, you know, and maybe sometimes this is true, but by and large, when someone does something wrong and society acknowledges it as wrong or evil, the question is never like necessarily who are his parents or like it's never uh, attached to a type of community. They're always focused on the individual. Sometimes the community comes up that they're a part of, especially if maybe they're a part of a larger group. But by and large, we're, we're kind of hyper focused on individual evil and and therefore them getting individual punishment for it yeah yeah the the other part of this is thinking about um well just maybe like righteousness godliness like things like that more Mm -hmm. broadly Mm. because we tend to think of like the righteous person does what's just like they're a just person so we tend then to think of justice as like avoiding harm Mm. Like sure, you're a yeah. just person if you don't harm anyone, yeah. um, which is interesting because a lot of the conversations going on at the moment about things like systemic racism, um, poverty, things mm. like that is how uh, actually sometimes it's our inaction or lack of knowledge about something that can inadvertently contribute to right. harms right. that also is something to do with responsibility and justice right. but that um, doesn't that connection isn't being made yes. necessarily but we tend to think of it an injustice is like a positive action with evil intent mm-hmm. right and we do have space for like negligence as a harm but it's it, negligence is like you ought to have been thinking about this mm-hmm. you know something like that um, and so I, I guess the flip side of like the the unjust person is the person who like has evil intent to harm someone. 
like the just person doesn't tread on any tones, doesn't harm anyone, and is able to therefore benefit. Hmm. But the we uh, and again, I'm not talking Bible. I'm just talking like Western society, like our hyper individualism, like our grid or our, our intuitions about justice are often like, if I'm just, I will help myself thrive. It'll profit me. I'll be protecting myself from blame or shame or harm. Mm. You know, so like if I'm just, the one that benefits is me. And it's interesting because actually in the Bible, like the way it talks about the righteous and the just and the godly, often uh, they are people who, when they act in a godly way, it's not that they are strengthened, it's that the community Mm -hmm. is strengthened. Mm Mm-hmm. And like I think of Paul as a paradigm example of this, like especially in First and Second Corinthians, where he defends the the justness, the rightness mm. of his methods of interacting with this church, and they just didn't get it. They had different expectations, um, and he's like, you know, I like when it comes to fairness and the law, like I could have made demands. And we might think, yeah, that would have been just, man. Mm. Like, claim your rights mm-hmm. to get what is yours, to get your due, mm. you know? And he's like, now, actually, what I did was laid aside my rights and did what would benefit the, the community more. Bo- like, I played mm. the long-term goal of benefiting the community. Mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, it's really interesting, I guess, I guess on both sides when we think about, I don't know, like a classic verse like Micah, which we're, you know, is a like a launching off point for this conversation sometimes yeah. of like do justice, love mercy, walk okay. humbly with your God. Mm-hmm. Like what does doing justice look like? It's not just don't harm anyone. Mm-hmm. Doing justice looks like the community becomes strong. Mm-hmm. And you know, justice is is distributive. You know, like this is one of the things that leaps out of scripture when God looks at a community, looks at a nation or a city, like if uh, if the strong are profiting at the expense of the weak, mm. you know, if the empowered are becoming greater at the expense of the marginalized, mm-hmm. like those kind of dynamics, like those inequalities, like like when God says like, oh, that's flourishing, he points at a group. And so if we're going to do justice, we've got to have a sense of community where like, you know, are you doing justice? Answering like, well, I'm doing great. Like, man, like, you know, right. we've paid off the mortgage. You know, we've got two nice cars, 2.4 children, a nice, you know, like the lawn's green. You know, we're friendly terms with all our neighbors and we don't harm anyone. That's not doing justice. Mm. That's just called not harming anyone. Yeah. And what that is is liberal, like libertarian politics mm. of like you can do Keep what you yourself, want. Yep. Like you know, do do you do you as long as you're not harming anyone. Mm-hmm. But actually, biblical justice is all about like the we've got to measure our effect on the community. Mm-hmm. If we're not measuring our effect on the community, we're doing some version of harm and justice stuff, but it's not biblical justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I felt like it took me 10 minutes to get out. No, <laughs> no it was good, though. So I finished and realized, man, I just talked for a really long time. <laughs> no, it was, it was good, though. Because I think, I think that's a helpful delineation. I think a lot of people, 
uh, you know, especially right now, if you're not harming anyone, you get to sit and feel satisfied at the end of the day going, I'm not making the problem worse. But I think if, you know, this past year and a half has taught us anything is that our ignorance has contributed to injustice in a lot of ways. And it's going to it's going to take um, stepping outside of maybe some of the privileges and some of the things that we've, you know, maybe naturally inherited based on a variety of, of things to steward them in such a way that blesses and benefits the community. And then the, maybe the caveat or part two to that is not in such a way that it looks down on the community that you're trying to serve, but actually partners with the community that you're trying to serve, acknowledging that there's like a shared humanity in it. It's not, you know, white savior coming in to yeah. contribute to, yeah. you know. Well, and even, like blank. you say partnership, which, oh, and that is a good like, you know, God builds, mm. the first thing he builds is a partnership mm-hmm. with him and man. The next thing he builds is a partnership, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. The next thing he builds is a partnership with family and, you know, and it mm-hmm. goes on. He loves partnership. But actually, the the kind of God-shaped, cross-shaped version of justice isn't just to partner, but, but you said this key word I wanted to pick up on, it's to serve. Mm. So I've like got a, a great quote from a guy, Bruce uh, Waltke, who... Um, and he's actually, this is um, in a book that's about Proverbs, which is a lot to do with this is right, this is wrong, this mm-hmm. is just, this is righteous, you know, things like this. But he says, uh, the righteous are willing to disadvantage themselves to advantage the community. Mm. The wicked are willing to disadvantage the community to advantage themselves. That's good. And I feel like that's an amazing commentary on like the Western world mm-hmm. in a way. Like we don't, really think we have a duty to disadvantage ourselves to advantage the community Mm -hmm. like if the community is disadvantaged unless we actually harmed them we're not held responsible at all Mm -hmm. but god's way is like no they're your community like we're like think about verses like we're called to weep with those who weep mourn with those who mourn right like we're supposed to feel that um you know driven by compassion and belonging and like that shared ownership and and that's so different to then the way of the scriptures mm-hmm. but on the other hand i feel like often you know like we are willing to disadvantage the community to advantage ourselves mm-hmm. like we we make choices all the time yep. like oh you know we take you know the last this is like going back months but like we take the last bale of toilet rolls from costco without looking around to see if there's anyone who needs them that might be in more need than us mm-hmm. like we don't often think who am i disadvantaging we just hope i don't know we just have like a low bar for that right like as and that's there, there that's a small example as long as i'm not being too petulant in disadvantaging <laughs> others like well you know they had the advantage to take advantage of other people too if they're not doing it as much as me good for me almost yeah. right yeah like cuz we we feel like instead of participating in our community like the community's actually the competition mhm yeah like there's somehow built-in scarcity that yeah you know which as simple as the toilet paper example of we're going to milk that one for years, yeah. aren't we? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. it's when society kind of broke down a little bit of like we got to watch the some of the ugliness. TP rage. Yeah. Um, that or uh, cheap TVs in Walmart on Black Friday. Oh, yeah. Or, well, yeah, okay. Now I'm going to take us on a tangent. That's <laughs> unnecessary. But Just the, mock the dark parts yeah. of culture. <laughs> the 
this podcast has taken a turn. No, I, I think, that, you know, that that's a good example of maybe some small ways. There's also ways in which, you know, we you become when you become aware of what maybe even ignorant, disadvantaging looks like uh, things like uh, buying a house and making sure that the area that you're buying in is not taking advantage of a certain community that's getting pushed out or, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. there's ways in which up until the past couple of years, I, in my own ignorance, didn't even know I was participating in disadvantaging. Is that a word? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Disadvantaging. So say it with confidence. Disadvantaging. And everyone will think it's a word. <laughs> Disadvantagingly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All the Ism. Um, participating in that, you know, I would have never known that my, you know, choices and my behaviors had that much impact on people. Mm. And, so there's grace and then there's also a level of um, commitment that God invites us into as we participate in biblical justice that says, yeah, there's some education required. And then there's some stewarding of that education in such a way that now that you know, like what does it look like to participate in advantaging a community rather yeah. than... And that participates, yourself. that brings that partnership mm-hmm. back into the mm-hmm. foreground. Mm-hmm. And like less we maybe like the best last thought you could because once you get to the cross and Jesus you're like yeah okay that's the best yeah it's not like Jesus's way of bringing about justice was to become to take the likeness of sinful flesh Mm -hmm. to part like you say participate Mm -hmm. he participated in our disadvantagedness now I'm making up a word (laughs) Um, in order to bring about justice he he came and served in that way Mm -hmm. so it's yeah real clear example but a place where there's a real clear difference between the Bible and our culture. So one for us to really think deeply about. But then I feel like it brings us, like I I guess in a way we've already talked a bit about this, but the question of responsibility. Yeah, the individual versus like Yeah, like like what am I responsible for, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I push you over and steal your cake... (laughs) clear sense of responsibility (laughs) and that's like we'll talk about that in a minute like individual responsibility that's like yes don't do that you would be responsible you would be deserving of blame and you know Mm -hmm. shame and things like that but there's loads of situations in the scripture where people have not participated in the actions but they're a part of the group that has those actions as their heritage and lives in the shadow of them, mm-hmm. lives in the after effects of them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means they live in the after effects th- where they're feeling the pain and the harm and they want to like repent and call on God. But sometimes they're living in the after effects of maybe like privilege and advantage mm. and they want to like confess like it, it was brought about by injustice. So it's, but we don't have much room for that in our thinking. So maybe we should do some like Bible examples, um, like a really profound one, Daniel, this like great prayer, hmm. you know, just like sets his face, is a, is willing to, I don't know, he's just courageous mm-hmm. in the way he postures himself of like, I'm going to follow God, I'm going to go his way, you know? So when he does something different, especially in the book of Daniel. When Daniel does something in the book of Daniel that's different, Mm -hmm. it's often being like, hey, the author's trying to challenge us Mm -hmm. to think like 
here's a call to action. Mm. You know, here's a call to what's right because mm. it's supposed to contrast the wrong world's way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he does in Daniel 9 is spend some time repenting for the sins of his ancestors. Mm. So it's like he he's able to take, I don't know, it's not a prayer of like, oh God, you know, I'm just, I'm so sad that my ancestors were such terrible people. But he actually takes yep. ownership. Like yep. the word I is in there. Like he's able to take ownership and feel like the onus is on him to come before God and the weight of his ancestors' sins bears down on him. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and these, th- th- well, that word, the, the responsibility lies with him to react to this, mm-hmm. you know? And it's. It's a very weird thing for us. Like, I don't know about you, like the first time you bumped into that in the Bible or maybe someone doing it in a, like praying praying in that way. Yeah. I mean, we pray that way every pre-gathering prayer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We begin every pre-gathering. If you haven't been, by the way, pre-gathering prayer is awesome and you should all be there. Mm-hmm. Best prayer meeting, well, best part of the week in some ways. Yeah. Really cool. Absolutely. But we begin by saying, okay, all of us have got junk. Let's confess. Mm-hmm. Like, let's <laughs> come with a clean heart. Mm-hmm. And then, like, our church is not perfect. And we're able to, like, that's us too, mm-hmm. you know. And then on behalf of our city. Yep. So, like, we do it. Yeah. But it does make me wonder, as we're talking now, like, how many people might turn up for a pre-gathering prayer. And think that that's kind And of go, like, uh, you what now? Yeah. I know. I think, I think it has to do with, and I'm going to use we language, not you language, because I think it is the part of just this natural fallen human condition is it's it's hard to take individual responsibility so let alone fathoming the idea of taking corporate responsibility or maybe taking responsibility for something that maybe you as an individual didn't participate in but are belonging to a community or a lineage that did participate in it and therefore has been affected in some way like i think about the sheer lack of individual responsibility we as humans take in general it's hard for us to want to take and say you know oh, i yeah. was wrong that five letter word beginning with s <laughs> it's like the hardest one to get out of your mouth I'm right sorry. <laughs> i know it's it's always well they the, what okay i'm making a connection in lifetime richard's seeing it we put corporate responsibility on things that we're supposed to take individual responsibility for sometimes too mm-hmm. like we're we blame the people around us as like the contributing factors for why we did what we did sometimes yeah. like oh, oh that's good yeah because we show we understand this in reverse <laughs> like totally like oh i'm sorry they you know they made me mad and this person said this to me today and this person you know blah 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 and so now i'm blah yes yeah so we understand the idea when it's avoiding individual responsibility to blame others but the reverse of that you know, feels like a near impossible feat, which is, I don't know if we want to bring in Jesus in the cross yet. I, <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue. Well, cause I did say it, it has to be like, the, it's the final word, right. but yeah, we'll bring it in now yeah, and yeah. then contradict what I said earlier. But yeah, you're right. Like, you know, Jesus being able to stand before God and do something about my sin, not his, um, it, it's not just some weird mystical like, oh yeah, humans don't ever act that way in morality, but for some reason God was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like he came, became sinful flesh, mm-hmm. and lived 30 years 
of human life in that flesh. He became a participant, like, in all of the effects of sinful fleshness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't sin himself, but, like, the 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 dirt the grime mm-hmm. the effects of sinful humanity w- like showed through his whole soul and body and psyche mm-hmm. you know um he, he absorbed it like a sponge you know yeah. but without sin is right. the, is the right. uh, that's the mystical part mm-hmm. so like so when he stands before god and says i'm going to i'm going to write this He's writing something he's taken possession of. Like, Mm. that's what incarnation is. Mm -hmm. It's God coming to take possession of sin Mm. to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know, not coming as an outsider and an alien. And that's uh, that's where we have a hard time understanding and actually listening to, like, anthropologists, historians, sociologists would actually help us. Mm -hmm. Because we're not claiming corporate responsibility as some weird, mystical, biblical thing we just don't get where... You know, like Molly pushed someone over and stole a cake, and for some reason I'm responsible. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and there are some things where the responsibility, like the the weight of blame, can lie more squarely with an individual. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying that's not a thing, but uh, like this is where community understanding community is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding what it really is like, because. We're not good at living in community in the West. It's deeply broken. We don't live in a way that we really lean on each other and overlap in meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. You know, we we tend to think community means um, when I need someone to have fun with. It's like, oh, I want to play a two-player game, so I need someone. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's not really it. It's like true community means that like when someone acts it doesn't just shape them and the person they act towards but like the the fallout of that affects all of us mm-hmm. whether it's a good action or a bad action mm-hmm. like whether it's something praiseworthy or blameworthy mm-hmm. um it i guess it's sort of acknowledging the kind of butterfly effect of our actions mm. yeah. and and that when we act the con because again our individualism like we tend to live as if like every man's an island and you know i made this decision it's my decision i made it on my own and it's all on me like no yeah you would not made that decision if like mr jones wasn't your fifth grade teacher and if your mum wasn't a police officer and if you're and on and on and on yep right like it's all interwoven yeah and if we realize that we can actually grasp a hold of corporate responsibility not as like oh my goodness like you mean i need to start repenting for everything but as a oh i'm just gonna like lift up my eyes a little further yeah and maybe be open to because again like god doesn't ask doesn't actually ask any of us to like work on trying to list all of our sins right right like one of the like the holy spirit k one of the jobs of the holy spirit is to convict convict yeah and so like if god was to say here's a list of all your sins that'd be it like it would take us the rest of our lives to read the list mm-hmm. like what he graciously does is it is merciful mm. and strategic with us and the holy spirit says hey i want to talk to you about this one mm. but this one he might want to talk to us about might not be something we did last Thursday. It might be something we saw happen last Thursday that we can participate in because that's a part of 
my neighborhood mm-hmm. or my school or my church or mm-hmm. right yep absolutely and at base level if we if our invitation is to become more like christ and this is the way that he lives is being like in the likeness of sinful flesh but without sin taking on the sin and punishment of others then you know we're in good company if we're walking in the the way of corporate responsibility when it comes to seeking justice and walking humbly like that that is the pathway to look more like jesus and so it it and that pathway is narrow like that Mm -hmm. is pretty clear in the scriptures so i think you know maybe to speak a little bit more like um I was going to say prophetically, but I don't want to be too strong in that language. But the scriptures call us to, <laughs> yeah, but to be more like Jesus. The challenge. Yeah, yeah, they call us to be more like Jesus, and it's not going to be easy. And so, at the end of the day, this is something that is very clear in scripture as a way to follow Jesus, as a part of what it means to steward your life in such a way that advantages others and participates in the community. And the reverse of that, like Richard was saying, it does not mean that you now like are overcome with crippling anxiety of like any action ever that has ever existed is now your responsibility, but rather being sensitive to the conviction of the Holy Spirit as he leads you into the likeness of Christ for the sake of others to say, are there sins that maybe I haven't participated in as an individual that God is asking me to repent of and to confess of uh, just by nature of who I am, my socioeconomic status, maybe the color of my skin, the family I was raised in, etc. Gender. Gender. Big yep. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got like a little list here because like uh, I can't remember who it was. Someone I was reading pointed out that God, you know, he tends to call for justice on behalf of like the poor, the widow, the orphan, the refugee, mm-hmm. you know, people like that. But then he, when he's like, step up and take responsibility he's often calling the powerful the influential the rich the opposite of those Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. and um you know we know just sociologically like there is a tendency in society because the the powerful tend to make the structures and the institutions that Mm -hmm. those institutions often end up benefiting those Mm -hmm. people um, t- at the expense of the powerless, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and a just society is one in which we try to prevent that happening. Mm. But even even trying as hard as you can, there is that uh, tendency, and it's not always an intentional corruption, although sometimes it really has been. Mm. But sometimes it's just a, a, a blind sight, sort of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've got these unknown biases that influence, you know, it's. So there's loads of psychology on this at the moment. It's interesting, but it's in the Bible. So like an example, like Leviticus 19, God calls out criminal justice systems where, mm. you know, the the system has ended up not bringing about correction of wrongs, but actually like harming or, or I don't know, I was going to say not doing justice to, but that's the word, but. I can't think of another one, but not doing justice to why that person is being punished Mm. or committed a crime or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, and that's part of corporate responsibility sometimes is it's like really easy. And we all like, we all have space for this in our heart. Like none of us watches Aladdin steal an apple to feed himself in the Disney movie and thinks, catch him. I'm rooting for the guards. Like cut off his hand, man. Like we all understand that. But we really struggle to scale it out mm-hmm. and scale it up. Yep. 
Um, another example would be um, like in Jeremiah, unfairly low wages. So it's like the mm. wages are normalized, but God says, no, like this isn't this isn't just because what it's actually doing is it's, I mean, Jeremiah doesn't use this word, but we would call it like widening the pay gap. Mm. Um, or delayed wages, the book of James. It's like, if you say you're going to pay people on Tuesday, pay them on Tuesday, dude. Mm. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just, there's lots of examples. Like the Bible, the Bible talks about justice in terms of like the fabric of society. Like it doesn't just talk about like, did you murder someone with an axe? Mm. It talks about systems and structures and institutions as things that can be just or unjust mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Unjust? That's definitely made up. Unjust. unjust. But there is also, we should finish with a word on individual responsibility. Okay. But that's the easiest one in a way, right? Because that's right. the one we're familiar with. Yep. Um, you know, we... Um, yeah, I push Molly over a stealer cake, then justifiably <laughs> she should be upset at me, I should yes. be blamed, and I <laughs> should do something to make the situation right. Mm. Um, so we're familiar with that one. It's, it's, uh, it's all through the Bible. It's, it is a common one. Um, but here's like a really interesting quote from Tim Keller. He's got a, a, one of the books I recommend in the notes is uh, Generous Justice, mm. which is a great book by Tim Keller. Um, but he just to frame individual responsibility says the Bible does not teach not that your success or failure is wholly due to individual choices. Mm -hmm. So the Bible says our individual choices are part of the puzzle, but it doesn't say you will stand or fall, thrive or not, be blamed or praised solely on your individual choices. Mm -hmm. That is a product of like, western enlightenment individualism and like a whole bunch of weird stuff mm-hmm. like we'll let sociologists and historians tell a story there but yeah that like it's not true um you know like uh oh i want to look these up um hang on reach for the bible i know you've got some good references here i and think we're back <laughs> that was fast you've it's already got your bible app open it's gonna fill <laughs> I was going to fill the silence. Have you got, have you got one? Um, well, no, I've got the of? one. That, it's one of yours listed here okay. that I think you're flipping to. So I'll let you just. Proverbs uh, 6. Yep. Yeah, go on. Go for Proverbs 6. Well, okay. And I'll get the next so, one. So what, what's listed here is it's, uh, you know, referencing to poverty, which can be, a per, you know, brought on by personal failure, but also could exist because there are environmental factors that contribute to maybe an injustice of someone's poverty that doesn't have to do with them. So there's a contrast there of like, okay, an example of individual uh, responsibility when it comes to poverty is, you know, you weren't, weren't a good steward of your money. Yeah. Uh, but, but the adverse of that is sometimes your environment contributes to a narrative and to a reality where even if you were the best steward of your money, you still have a, a ceiling above you that is not allowing you to get out of that said impoverished place. Yeah. Did you read it? No. No, no you, I have the notes up. I think you think no, I it, have the Bible up. Oh, okay. okay. No, it's funny. Because as you were saying that, it reminded me of a proverb. And oh, then beautiful. I turned to the one in the notes. I was like, oh, that's the one that was in my notes. <laughs> but it is the classic, go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider his ways and be wise. And it's uh, well, it goes on. It's quite long. I'm not going to read it all. But yeah, by your 
inaction and your laziness and your choices, mm -hmm. you may starve. Mm -hmm. Like that's on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like Proverbs 13, so a little bit later, uh, like 13 verse 23, an unplowed field produces food for the poor, but injustice sweeps it away. Mm. So that's a picture of like the fallow ground still produces some food and that's supposed to be for the poor. Mm -hmm. Like you're not supposed to harvest that because actually it belongs to them. Yeah. But injustice, so someone not following the law and deciding to harvest that or prevent the poor getting to it, sweeps it away. So now the poor are going hungry. What, because they were sluggards? Mm -hmm. No, because of someone else's actions. Mm -hmm. So that's that's just that example of like you can, you know, we're we're not, which is kind of obvious. Like we're, we're affected by more than just our own actions. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's interesting as well because along with this sense of corporate responsibility, it's not just carte blanche for us to be blamed for anything because we're part of this city. Mm. Um, like God acknowledges the complexity of it by putting those realities, even ones like, do you remember like Aiken stole the stuff and then mm. his whole family was put to death because they were kind of, they didn't steal it, but they participated right. in, well, that's complicated. But, but you've also got things like in Deuteronomy 24, it says that in ordinary human laws like because god's talking about establishing laws for the people um people should be held responsible and punished for their own sins not for the sins of their parents mm -hmm. and so it's interesting because that's like god's acknowledging that sometimes we um well it just shows our capacity to resist the influence of our community as well mm -hmm. So right, it's like this, it's, it's not. It's this interesting blend, right? Yep, absolutely. So sometimes indiv individual responsibility, because in a way, corporate responsibility, and this is partly I see this dynamic play out in the conversation in America. So when we talk about corporate responsibility, people are like, "Oh, well, it, it just wouldn't be right for that person to basically be acquitted of a of a crime because they said, oh, you know, or, like it was their teacher and their parents and all of these bad influences are really to blame." Like, God gets that. Mm -hmm. Like, he says it can be resisted. So that person is responsible for not resisting that, mm -hmm. but responsible in a way that their power to resist it is acknowledged. Like, what was the extent of brokenness? What power did they have to resist? Like, right. it's, it is, it's just not simple. It is yep. complicated. Yep. And so, and it's, it's actually interesting to me the way God talks in Deuteronomy that human laws like God puts some guardrails around and says like um, the beginning point is to think about what we have done and what we've resisted or not resisted, mm. you know, like that's the beginning point. But um, but it's not where it's supposed to stop. Yeah, sure. So in a way, the fact that we're comfortable with in individual responsibility is like, great, you feel comfortable on square one. Yeah. Don't stop there though. Right, don't stop yeah. there. So yeah, really... Really interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I would say, like, as a philosopher, because I did, I did quite a lot of uh, my work in philosophy, like in in my previous life. <laughs> Before I, you know, now I'm a philosopher masquerading as pastor, you know. But when I was just owning being a philosopher, I did quite a lot of work. And responsibility is one of the most complicated mm. human concepts. Like, it's really, really hard to unpack the complexity of it and pin down. Mm -hmm. And so, I feel like we've really not done it 
justice. But, but we'll also never be able to fully do it justice. No. But I think these are really good pegs for feeling like we're understanding it. Like mm-hmm. responsibility, we're not really going to understand it unless we think about ourselves as part of a community, mm-hmm. but in like a really biblically rich way. Yeah. And then our responsibility, every one of our actions is a product of me and mm-hmm. my community. And every one of the effects of my actions, it affects me and... Mm-hmm. And I think if we keep those in mind, it just helps us. And uh, well, I guess here's the thing: we'll get here in a few weeks when we get to like um, bringing it all together. To really understand their responsibility, we'd have to search through all the rest of the scriptures, and we'll do a year-long course, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> but if we're seeing someone say, "This is just." And it doesn't like it just doesn't want to acknowledge any individual responsibility or any of the corporateness of responsibility, then a red flag should go up. Mm. So I feel like this is really where we want to land the podcast is like that yeah. that's where we want to be is like understanding enough that the red flag can go up and we can sort of be warned. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's it. I think that's enough for today. Uh, so chat. next time we have another. What are they going to be? We're going to talk about equity mercy and i forget what the next one's going to be but mystery characteristic of justice number three Mm. and um yeah and more to think about and so yeah try and like store these things up in your head because um if you follow along with us we want to bring it all together and use it so um yeah like tattoo it on the inside of your eyelids for future use and have a good week god bless Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College, based at Westside A Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.